Sinatra, a Mistro Bean Hazarta. A day to fear now. Give me the power I beg of you. Awake! You are all going to die tonight. I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Read it. Hello, welcome to Don't Read the Latin. This is Jennifer Lovely, and my guest tonight is the wonderful... Taffa DeVee. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm really <laughs> excited. So, Taffa, um, do you... Um, a thing that I am starting to introduce now is my pronouns are she and her. Um, Same for me. What are your pronouns? She and her as she well. And her. And um, what have you seen recently that you'd like to share with anybody? Oh, gosh. I have been um, uh, reading a bunch. Um, I have this really Ooh. great book. Yeah, big old reader. Um, I just finished a great one, uh, a lot of visual stuff in it, but uh, called Voluptuous Panic from the fine folks at Feral House, uh, all about Weimar Ooh. Germany uh, and the nightclubs therein. And I can't recommend it highly enough. It's terrific. Well, that's, that's, that is a wonderful <laughs> lead in to your second movie because that cabaret aspect. Yes. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, near and dear to my heart. That's kind of the world that I come from. So that's fantastic. Um, let's see. I have a movie that I have a movie. I have like the, you know, oh, this bed's too small. Oh, this bed doesn't quite fit either. Oh, this bed is perfect um, in movies. Um, I typically don't try to go too negative, but I did watch The Rental, which came out, I believe, last year um, with Dan Stevens and Alison Brie. Uh, they basically rent an Airbnb for the weekend. And it's directed by Dave Franco, and it wasn't very fun at all. The only <laughs> character I really cared about whether anything happened to was Alison Brie. Everybody else was pretty, like, you just didn't care. Yeah. And it was kind of a mean movie. Um, I didn't enjoy that very much. Um, my a little bit better, but still wasn't quite comfy enough, was uh, Amulet, which I love me a slow-moving, um, almost fairy tale esque kind of story. But it was snail's pace slow. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was still kind of beautiful. Um, came out uh, in a woman um, director, Romola Garay, I believe her name was. Um, just wasn't quite to my taste. It just well well beautiful. But the movie the movie that was so amazing that I just want to sing to everybody is um, Relic. Oh, um, I've heard good things. Just, yeah, I have not oh, seen it's it. It's so good. Yeah, it is so good, and it's so beautiful and tense and uncomfortable and um oh there's a cat under my chair hi bye sorry <laughs> it's just surprise cat <laughs> um, uh it is a woman who has lost touch with her mother um she's been having like some memory issues they ha she has an adult young adult daughter um and she goes to see her to see and she's disappeared for a couple of weeks. And then um, while they're there, they find her, but she seems a little off and it just kind of goes from there. Um, and uh, 
it's it's kind of that um oh my goodness there's a book that jim is reading right now and uh the movie that came out with kevin bacon where the house just isn't what it seems where it seems bigger and it just house of leaves is what he's reading where yes like you can't count on how big anything is um like there's things that are going on in the house uh in relic that all of a sudden you know <laughs> people go places and all of a sudden it's not easily to get easy to get out oh like a again. dreamscape sort of situation very much so like that oh, yeah. i like it um, we have been watching, I do have an 11 year old. And so we've been watching, um, we've been showing her what we do in the shadows. We oh. should watch the TV show and the movie. Fantastic. <laughs> oh God, that makes me happy. Uh, finally, yeah. you know, both the movie and the TV show, um, as, as a funny goth, uh, I, I finally feel representation and it's so nice to see. And, uh, Guillermo de la Cruz is, uh, the hero I've been waiting for. I have to show you. Do. I don't know if it will show. Do. On this is that it's that picture of him on the bed yes. is my my wallpaper. Fantastic. <laughs> his, his little knee-high socks. Oh. <laughs> it's funny cuz uh we showed like the first episode to Tekla not knowing if she would take to it. Um but she basically told us that it was like spending a night with our family. So, of course That's she's good parenting, my friend. <laughs> That's what that is. Um, and uh, let's see. We've also been watching, um, started a rewatch of Umbrella Academy because I started the second season and I was like, there's so much that happens in that first season that I felt like I didn't remember any of it from the recap. And we're also watching um, The Owl House, which I don't know if you, we're big Gravity fans, Gra Gravity Falls fans. Okay. Um, which is kind of a Twin Peaks for kids. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and one of the really cool things is um, one of the creators and writers and uh, voice actors behind Gravity Falls wanted to introduce some gay characters into into it, but because it was a Disney product and they, they weren't allowed to, so they were allowed to hint to things sometimes. And now that restriction is being removed. So in the Owl House, there's going to be some queer representation. Excellent. Which is really exciting. Good news, yeah. Good news. Um, ooh, a podcast. Um, I am listening to a podcast called The Magnus Archives, which um, I think had four seasons. And it is a man takes over. Um, it's just the storage called The Magnus Archives where they would do radio interviews, style interviews, um, with people who were witness to mysterious happenings. Um, and so it's just a like radio telling of them and their strange experience. And there's an overarching um, like X-Files-ish um, underlying story where they're like, well, they did this investigation. Here's what they found. We were able to find out that he did live in this place at this time. And they're about 20 minute episodes and they're creepy. They are very, very, very creepy and just a delight to listen to. Oh, so I will put that on my list. That sounds really good. It. Yeah. Yeah. Um, while I was describing the stuff that, oh, 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 sorry. I'm sorry. Don't be sorry. <laughs> I get me. enthusiastic. So I like, woo. <laughs> um, Noir Alley has oh, restarted, um, which I've only started I watching again this last year. 
So um, they didn't do it on a Saturday night like they typically do because of Labor Day weekend. So they did it on like Sunday afternoon. And it was a movie called The Night or called Night Editor. Oh. And it was. Did you watch of that? Course I did. I'm the oh biggest Noir Alley fan. Um, I'm, a, I'm a huge old movie fan, um, in particular uh, Noir, and uh, I love Eddie Muller. I may or may not have elaborate fantasies about he and Ben Mankiewicz fighting over me. Um, and uh, feel free to write that fanfic if you like. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Sorry, I started. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, the night editor was fantastic it combined so many Wasn't of my she... favorite things and oh man yeah good she stuff. was so unapologetically yeah. wicked i know i love that the scene in the car where she's like i want to see her i want to see her and he has to like drag her into the car fantastic. i want to see what she looks like and like there's oh it was just so wicked and oh every man should have a chance to it. dig his own grave yeah, <laughs> it's just so good. You know, I, I, it, looking into Noir Alley had always been something because I've, I've always been a classics fan. Um, but I've so needed that this year to provide some sort of structure to my life that doesn't exist right now because time it's has a joke no meaning. In our house. Yeah, time has no time meaning. has no meaning. It is, it is an endless today. Yeah. Um, you can't be excited about anything that happened, happens tomorrow because it'll just be another today. Mm-hmm. So yeah, having this one thing to look forward to and, and the, uh, the Twitter stream on, on. It's very, it's very delight. satisfying. I agree. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. So, um, unless anything popped up in your head that you've seen or read recently, I'm a huge podcast listener. There are some that I listen to kind of religiously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, TV Guidance Counselor is a big one, um, and there's 80 trillion of them. I highly recommend it. Um, I love um, – uh, uh, oh, God, what's the one with the crazy Australian woman? Um, <laughs> uh, it's all about cults. Why am I spacing the name of it? This is terrible. Oh, uh, she's I, I'm really familiar funny. with it, but I'm I haven't listened jerk. to it. I'm such a jerk. Um, yeah. But uh, I love anything with um, cults. Uh, boy, uh, I really uh, can't get enough of, even if it's the same cult over and over again in different uh, documentaries and formats. I, I love it. Um, uh, in, in, lately, I've been uh, deep into the, um, uh, 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 what was the one? uh, uh, uh my God, this is so terrible that I'm flaking. Um, uh, but the one where they uh, use child labor to make the uh, bedazzled jackets uh, in Texas. Uh, Tony <gasps> yes, Alamo. The- Tony Alamo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they uh, carried the corpse of the wife around for a while. Oh, juicy stuff in that one. Yeah, so good. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. I will, you know what, if we, um, if we, the Australian woman who does the, the cults. Yes. Like, if you remember the name of her podcast, shoot that to me and I'll include it on. I shall. I'll include it on the other oh, stuff. I'm so I'm sorry. Doing. Zealot, Zealot. It just popped into my head. Zealot. Oh, there you go. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, it's one of my favorites. She's uh, hilarious and it's super dark and that's mm, one of my favorite combinations. That's my, that's my jam. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I've been, um, I've been listening to You're Wrong About. Um, I had a friend who recommended it to me. Are you familiar? I've dabbled, yes. Okay, yeah. So, I mean, I read um, uh, 
God, what was the... I read the thing about Satanic Panic. Um, I actually watched um, a really good movie, and I mentioned it last week. Um, but there's a movie that's on Amazon Prime called Witch Hunt. It's Witch-Hunt. And it's a group of women that knew each other from preschool that one of the mothers accused one of the preschool teachers of um, abusing and mutilating uh, the children. Like, and like it Martin has them. Kate? And so um, it has them continuing to stay friends. And then they have a group thing where they get together for one of their birthdays and they play one of the old, like, it's a tape game, like a, a tape, a audio tape. Cassette tape, um, yeah. But it's like the old, yeah, cassette tape. Um, but it's like the old VCR games where you would hit play and, like, listen to it. And um, But anyway, it had that, it, it was such a wonderful lead-in to listening to the Satanic Panic episode. Yeah, you're probably on, too young to actually remember it happening, but I grew up in the Midwest. No, I remember, yeah, because yeah, I'm, I'm 46. Ah. So I remember, um, like, it, but I only remember hearing about it, like, as a kid. Because it, because it was all over, like, and I remember when the Tom Hanks D&D movie came out <laughs> yeah yeah you know because they were like oh you know people are you do what are they gonna do <laughs> yeah. so um anyhow um this is the point in the podcast and i've been forgetting to mention this um in these movies we are going to get fairly spoiler heavy so if you do want to um we're going to say the title and then we'll give you a moment to hit pause if you want to and go watch them but um, I don't think it will interfere with your enjoyment of the film um, if you haven't seen them. But we do get fairly spoiler heavy, heavy at this point of the episode. So, um, oh, do you, I was going to ask, do you want to go by Taffy or Taffeta? Oh, Taffy is just fine. Real Taffy people call me fine. Taffy, so, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, Taffy, what is your formative film that you would like to discuss today? I have been burning to talk about Fade to Black for more than 35 years. So... How did you first get to see it? I was um, a very uh, alone latchkey kid, um, totally a solo act from uh, fourth grade on. And uh, so cable TV with all of the movie channels was the socialization that I had. And uh, I attached emotionally uh, entirely in an unhealthy way uh, to a lot of things that I watched. And one of them that really kind of marked me for good was uh, Fade to Black. Um, Eric Binford um, was a character that I both identified deeply with um, and also was sort of in love with, which might be um, an issue because it's a, a little creepy and um, kind of narcissistic. Uh, uh, but, you know, I was 11 and I had watched it um, 50 million times. I watched it every time it came on and it was on three times a day for months on end. I would wander around the house mumbling, uh, uh, you know, mumbling dialogue to myself. And um, in particular, the big memory of it is... Uh, deeply humiliating and everybody loves a good humiliating story. And of course with me, it involves getting dressed up because that's of just course. the way of things for me. Um, I was, uh, my mother thought I was getting a little weird cause I was always alone and uh, not able to really communicate with people terribly well. And uh, informed me that I was going to be going to the Halloween, uh, you know, mixer at the junior high school. Um, 
so a little, a little mandatory fun there. And I incorrectly <laughs> assumed that the other uh, fifth graders were as... Watching the same yeah, thing as you were? deeply into the R-rated Creepazoid movie as I was. Uh, I misjudged that. And so <laughs> when I showed up, uh, I already had a cape. Uh, and so when I showed up with the flawless uh, classic, like half uh, uh, makeup, uh, where he does that terrific oh reveal, and there's the half Dracula black and white makeup, because um, I had practiced it previously. And I was stoked. I thought, now this. This is what's going to make me popular. Finally, my moment has come uh, where everything is going to change and this is terrific. And, you know, 15 minutes later, it's the crying girl in the cape on the bleachers. Um, so, <laughs> uh, it was, it was, uh, so I, don't, I think middle rough. school and junior high is always going to be hard. Sure. I mean, just always get that, that, that period of time is terrible. Nobody regardless. gets through it well. Yeah. But, um, kids today are never going to understand like the the difficulty in finding your your crowd finding your like chosen family because and especially if you're a nerdy strange child (laughs) accurate yes you know um like i i was made very aware very young being the active reader that i was that nobody else read everything Everybody else didn't know the library better than my librarian did. Only me. And they, I mean, called me out um, for like, why do you always talk about all these strange things? So it's like, I didn't bother sharing any of these movies. Movies were a very solo thing for me up until my adulthood, because I was made very aware that they didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I understand this deeply, yes. <laughs> but it's such a... a so, <laughs> I had a really different takeaway sure. of Fade to Black it, than you have. I, I imagine that most but adults watching it for the first time certainly would. Uh, I just can't separate. So, please, I, I'm but it's excited so, to hear it. But it's so... But no, I want to talk to you. The costuming mm. in this movie is amazing. And you can completely see why it hasn't gotten a release. Because it very deeply references so many films. Yeah. I can't imagine. It's like it's like those old TV shows. You know, it's, it's the old WKRP issue where, music where they couldn't the release it because there's just mm. too much in there. Yeah, and there's also you know, in addition to the uh, movie posters and uh, and the clips and things in the background that are meant for you to see overtly, there's all kinds of great Easter eggs in there. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but when he finally um, gets uh, the Marilyn Monroe uh, to come to the uh, photography studio, the name of the photography studio, did you see? Blow up. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes. I did see yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just got blown away by that, the picture of him leaning over her shoulder. Uh, yeah. Oh. And it, like, because I always share a picture or a clip from any movie that I watch on my I, Insta- I have a Don't Read the Latin Instagram. And that was the picture I chose was just a black and white version yeah. of it because it's so beautiful. She looks Classic. so much like Marilyn. Yeah. And he like... Because he's a pretty young guy. Very young, and, yeah. It was his second movie. And, oh, like, it is. It's just so beautiful. The clothing, 
Because you've always been into costuming and That is correct. Um, I am, you know, most recently professionally a costume designer. Um, That doesn't really exist as much anymore uh, for me and and a wardrobe mistress working backstage. Um, But uh, it is what I studied in college. um, And I've always been obsessed with clothes, uh, possibly to an unhealthy extent. And uh, yeah, this one's great, not only for the... um, the kind of obvious scenes where he's dressing up and dressing others up in the uh, manner of the classic movies that he is living in in his head. But Eric Binford's day wear is hot. He's cute as hell. Um, lots of skinny ties and cute jackets. Gentlemen, please uh, uh, look to Eric Binford as style icon. Uh, I want to see more Bring it of back. that. Yes, yes, please do. <laughs> Um, uh, it's, it's really terrific and it's a beautiful movie. Um, a lot of it is relatively utilitarian in the look, but then you get these really amazing scenes. Um, the fantasy sequences, uh, you know, are, are altogether different and beautiful. And then that final just stunning denouement on the top of the theater, um, is just absolutely gorgeous eye candy. I, I loved I loved the fantasy scenes and and the difference between like the filth of his house and the shrine that his bedroom is. And and also like I I find myself charmed by the random ugliness of the utilitarian parts of the city that are very his work environment. Yeah. It's just all very Yeah. 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 And, and I don't know what inspired, I know that there, from reading like the trivia on the movie, um, he kind of blended to the, the writer kind of blended like an earlier script that he had done Mm -hmm. with a little bit of this, but it's such a, it feels like such a passion project. And the director, like I looked at the other stuff that he's done. Is it Zimmerman? Yeah. Vernon Zimmerman. Uh, Uh, Handful of things. Teen Witch might be the most, uh, sort of accessible one to most people's minds. Oh, funny, yeah. His his earlier stuff was really. But he like, wrote and directed this, and and it's just a, a gem, you know, not reflective of any of his other stuff. No, and it, but it is. It's such a a love letter to film and into like a really specific genre of film for those who love crime and horror yes. and those things. Which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. I kind of get. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Tim Thomerson showing up in there. Like, he's just, he's the 80s, the, the, <laughs> the psychologist. Baby Mickey Rourke. Guy. Little baby oh, Mickey Rourke in a tank top. Oh. Pinch him yeah. before, he, before he did what he's done to him, his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It kills oh. me because uh, Papa Greenwich Village, Angel Heart era, Mickey Rourke is very much my He's so idea. earthy and like there's there is just a, is a good word a, just a, a beefy masculinity mm-hmm. like no it's not beefy it's just earthy it's very mm-hmm. he kind of oozes like a, a filthy to- kind of sex mm-hmm. which I'm kind of in for yep. <laughs> as I do my little elbow dance yep. I'm kind of in for that <laughs> I very much uh, yeah very much love it and it's in stark contrast to uh, Eric Binford. Um, Dennis Christopher is slight in frame. 
He was yeah. extremely young, very blonde, very fair. The only uh, thing that he had done previously was breaking away, which I contend is the uh, flip side of the coin of Eric Binford. Yeah. Because in breaking away, he is absolutely stalkery. He is mm-hmm. uh, absolutely delusional. I mean, anybody who commits to that Italian accent, uh, you know, for the whole thing. Um, uh, but he is, um, likable and friendly and you just sort of ignore it. And then the very next year he became Eric Binford, which I think is the dark side of, uh, the Dave Stoller character. So here, here, here's where I'm going to dive in. Now that we've talked about the things that are really, really interesting and, and the abuse in the home. Yes. Is really crazy. And then what you find out about his aunt. Yeah. Um, that's the Chinatown twist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, right. it, it's so funny because um, there's this ch- there's this children's show that I c- consistently talk about that's also on Disney. Um, and I, I go, it's it's basically children's Chinatown because she ends up finding out that she's been being raised by her grandparents wow. um, to find out that her ne'er-do-well older sister is actually her, her mother. mother. Yeah, um, it's just a thing I bring up all the time because it's an actually it's a really sweet show. <laughs> but yeah, but no, and and like the abuse that she puts upon him when you find out later that she actually is his mother. Yeah, but she's been lying that you know I had to take you on, and you know you ruined my dad's poor mother. Career. Yeah, just everything. And um, so here's here's what was hard for me watching uh, Fade to Black in. 2020. And I am so warm that my earbud just fell out of my ear because I'm sweaty. Um, (laughs) Is he had far too many parallels for me with Elliot Rogers, uh, the incel uh, killer who became kind of their, um, their, their prince in a way. Um, Because he, he was attractive. He was angry because he had been, um, rejected by women and that he had to punish people for that. And what was really hard for me is he also kind of puts out like I get and and I and I love representation of um I I love movies that accept or show and even documentaries that show when when obsession or love of something goes th- too far. Mm-hmm. Um there's a documentary that came out gosh probably coming close on 20 years ago called Cinemania mm. and it followed oh, familiar. Familiar. Yes, yes. You, oh I love oh, that I love movie and, and uh, so yeah absolutely. yeah documentary I'm a huge documentary buff and and I remember my my husband my my I think it was just my boyfriend at the time uh my ex-husband but he was like that isn't that isn't like aspiration that is not something to shoot for and I'm like I know, I was kind of <laughs> like oh but it kind of is like I mean like if okay. you really love something yeah. and Room 213, which is a, um, it's a documentary on um, people who have kind of theories about... Um, 237 uh, or... Or 237. Is that the right two, number? 237, yeah. yeah. And it, it, they're theories about The Shining. Yep. And 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 I the first time I saw it, I absolutely hated it. But when you look at it as obsession mm. and, and digging to find, like... Like it, it, it's just obsession can go so many different ways, and a thing that kind of uh, kind of is is 
being a woman who is a nerd, being a woman who's into gaming and being a woman who's into really, really into horror and has gone to horror conventions and has been online with men in horror, there are a lot of times where they test you all the time on, well, do you really know things? Are you really a fan? And so his expression of being a fan of like testing, like Mickey Rourke's character of all the time of this minutia, like, you know, well, do you know this? Do you know this? And testing everybody of were they a big enough fan to him? Like, oh, just kind of like, I was like, oh, because he's kind of that guy. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. And I can understand that. And I can, mm-hmm. um, I get that. However, uh, much like John Waters' 90-minute defense of Joan Crawford in the uh, the commentary track of Mommy Dearest, um, this is going to be entirely a defense of Eric Binford. I love. I love it. Thank you. I, uh, Absolutely. I understand that. And particularly coming to it as an adult with um, uh, different history and information that we have now, uh, I probably would feel similarly, but because my experience is different, uh, I absolutely don't. Um, I think that uh, there's a lot of the uh, synopses of Fade to Black that refer to him as unlikable. Fuck that. Oh, God, can I? I'm sorry. Can I swear? Yeah, curse okay, away. Yeah. Fuck that. Curse no, away. He's terribly likable. He pulls that Marilyn Monroe lookalike on first sight. She She's on board to get a ride from him on his cute little Vespa. She's having a great time. He is not creepy in any way. He's cute. He's funny. And uh, he's extremely likable. Um, so I, I don't believe that he's as off-putting as that. I also think that while I hear you and I understand, um, about the testing thing, uh, it, it, it like, don't say you like any band in the universe because some dude's going to roll up and fucking quiz you. And, uh, <laughs> I, I just, when I did you have, start listening to them? Yeah, I don't have a, a ton of patience for that. It's true. But, um, I think that he wasn't testing people to ensure that they were big enough fans. I think that his only source of inner confidence and his only way to get through the life that he had that was devoid of any emotional contact with people was to supplement it with his rich interior life. Um, Yeah. And that is just pragmatic self-sufficiency. And the only way he could sort of muster up charisma and uh you know and confidence was to show i know i know these things that are rarefied i know these things that you don't know and um i i say it was almost trying to show his value in a sense of like look at these things that i know um and also it it kind of reminds me of they always discuss like if you have a history of abuse or if you're somewhere on the spectrum a lot of times people will I describe a situation they're in that's upsetting to them or an experience they've had. And there are a lot of people, myself included, who will share a similar story to Bond. Um, and there's a lot of people who view that as you're trying to turn the attention from that person to yourself. But in a way, he was really trying to offer himself up. I believe so. I believe so that uh, he knew that he was viewed as slight and insignificant and he was proving that he wasn't. Um, and yeah. I find that the way he was going about it was fairly benign. Um, he wasn't constantly quizzing the women, was he? He was actually quite 
adorable with them. But yeah. Mickey Rourke and his boneheaded co-workers, uh, he was he was giving it right back to him. Uh, yeah. The mother aunt, um, certainly. Uh, God, she was fucking horrible. She was a nightmare. Um, wasn't sorry to see her go. Uh, and, uh, even, even with her, he had some sense of confidence. Um, he did give her a little sass back. So when I think of incels, when I think of that whole sort of trope, that kind of thing, I think of a much more cowering kind of a, a, a mental position. Um, I think that Eric Binford had it together more than that. Um, uh, I think that he was likable. Um, and I think that he, I'm going to say a sentence here <laughs> that, while preposterous, I feel is true. I feel that he wasn't dangerous. Okay, I know he murdered people, and I know this is not a great look for me, right? I'm outing myself as a complete I mean, creep, but... The body count for the movie is really only six people. I mean, only it's not... Only six people. It's not a lot of people. I'm not suggesting that they all deserve to die. I'm not suggesting that any of them deserve to die. Murder is bad. I don't condone it, obviously. But um, uh, I, uh, I don't... Uh, I don't find him dangerous in that same flavor. Yeah. And it's it's something that I really like to touch on is even if he were a purely problematic dangerous character that for whatever reason we were romanticizing in some way, it's okay to like problematic characters and even problematic movies and because as long as you acknowledge that there's some complications in there, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm all for but, an anti-hero. But that's why, that's yeah. why this, yeah. I mean, he's, it, it, I'm so thankful that thanks to you, I got to see this movie because it has literally been sitting on my bookshelf, well, movie shelf, for but for, for a couple of years, for a couple of years, because the people that do love this movie love it. <laughs> A lot. Uh, yeah, I'm finding that out, and I'm thrilled about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm I'm thrilled that through Shutter, uh, people are getting an opportunity to see a movie that is yeah. really amazingly hard to find unless you have an awful lot of money, and then you're going to get a shitty copy of it anyway yeah. because it you know nobody's ever cleaned it up, no. nobody's ever done something beautiful, and it's sad because it does deserve better treatment, and it's it is just the downside of I think it would probably just be too complicated to try and release again with all of the rights yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's really, that's, there's a lot of downsides every time we go to a new type of media that we lose movies. But occasionally these like VOD services um, have stuff you can't find anywhere else. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm a sucker for the old made-for-TV horror movies that, you know, they weren't cable. They were just like ABC, CBS, you know, the, it was their little horror movies that they'd do. And they'd get really good directors, and they've all just all but disappeared. And occasionally you can find them on, like, for rental on, like, YouTube TV. Yes. What was um, one I just watched recently? I, Vampire? Oh, it was fantastic. And it was just a, you know, like Friday night NBC movie or something. Yeah. 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 And and the thing is, is they were all like these little testing grounds of like doing some work before they went out and made a big movie. And uh, there's a bunch of them like Satan's, what is it? Satan's School for oh, Girls. Yeah. 
<laughs> I watched that not a month ago. That's great stuff. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm just a sucker for those. Um, so uh, leaving this one behind, because I think we've... Is there anything else that you wanted to pull out I about I need to Fade talk Black? about uh, Eric Binford and how much I love him. Um, uh, <laughs> and, and how Eric- misguided I was in trying to... Uh, uh, Eric Binford. Yes, heart and heart. Tiger beat. Um, uh, yeah, I know, it's an, I'm a nightmare. Uh, but uh, I can't believe I'm actually publicly telling people about the junior high incident that, you know, left me crying. Um, but I just now I want to see funny. I want to see pictures so oh, much. No, honey, I want to see pictures so much. Somebody would have had to have been around to take a picture. That's, yeah. oh, no, I, feel, I, I understand. As a solo act. So, uh, yeah, no, but, um, no, it's, uh, uh, I just, I love it so much. I don't think that there's anything else, um, other than, uh, if, if you watch it, um, and I encourage people to watch it, really pay attention to all of those posters in the background. Um, everything that's showing at the theater at the same time, uh, Kramer versus Kramer, um, all kinds of good stuff uh, happening there, and then all the little yeah. tidbits that they drop through between the street signs and the, um, oh yeah, you know, and the name change and everything. It's looking all around really his terrific. room. Yes, like there's so much in there. Yeah, it's jam packed. Um, so, I have I have no complaints whatsoever, and and I will say I bought the, the movie your modern movie your current movie that reminded you why you love the genre it is another movie that i have sat on i bought it when it came out because i was like oh i'm gonna have to show this because i usually i used to have a a horror movie friday movie night that i would show and like it it just kept not showing it but i didn't want to like i didn't want to watch it on my own i wanted to see it with friends and it just kept not happening so taffy what is your current horror movie that reminded you why you love horror much like the first one um i a little bit is it horror kind of you know more or less um it is a polish movie uh by a first-time woman director whose name that i cannot pronounce and i'm so sorry but um i don't know how to say it out loud uh i, and it's called, I listened to an intro from her and uh, i thought it was agnieszka smutska um smutska it's uh, yes, <laughs> I'm going it's to say Polish. yes, it's Polish, uh, and it's called The Lure, and it is uh, my favorite mermaid movie musical, and I promise it's better than everybody else's favorite mermaid movie musical. Musical. It's amazing. Yes, it is. It is, it is amazing. Yes, it is. So talk to me about, about how you found it. Um, I, you know, I read about it in something, I can't even recall what now. Um, and I thought, well, that's got me written all over it. And, and in fact, it did. My favorite aesthetic on the planet, the one that I have um, devoted at least the last half of my professional life to, and my, in fact, uh, personal life to, is uh, beautiful, glamour, cabarets, burlesque with a side order of filth i love it to be filth and sleaze i love it to be sleazy around the edges it can't be too nice it can't be too upscale 
Um, you know, I started doing a lot of really heavy upscale, fancy dancey stuff and I grew more and more disenchanted and bored. And then when I got right back down into the sleazy stuff, I found, oh, well, this is my home. This is what I like best. And yes. so I felt, uh, comforted not only by the atmosphere where I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I totally get that. That is absolutely a place I have worked. Um, these are, these are my people. Um, even though they are part eel. Um, and, uh, so the aesthetics are fantastic. The music is great. And the, the story music, I actually wonderful. put on the soundtrack yeah, yeah, I uh, today because I was like, I think I need to listen to this oh, more often. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's just a terrific movie. It, it looks so beautiful. It is beautiful. And I love, I love, I love mythical monsters. I love our magical creatures being actual monsters. Um, Their mermaid tales are terrifying. Yes, they are. They are dangerous and terrifying and gigantic, and they are not cute little fishies. And they will eat the hearts out of men. And I so much prefer them. That's dinner, is they feed on human hearts. Yes, they do. And I love love how it opens, and they're just coming up. And and they're just like, they're like siren we're song. Going to, yes, yes, and we're going to eat you. We promise. Like we there's won't just eat you. But we're totally going. We're totally to, going to eat and you. <laughs> totally going to eat you. And you're just not even going to care when we do yeah. because this comes with a side of of just seduction. And but it is like the 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 cabaret, yes. the performances. Yes. Oh my God! The metal, the metal performance. The metal performance is fantastic with the uh, Blade Runner styley blackout eyes. Uh, I love that. Um, I actually um, rewatched the very first song that they join in, where they've got the little, um, the little hats. Oh, where it's and, like stewardess uh, sort of a situation, sort of a yes. flight attendant look. Yeah, where they. Oh, and I love, I love the maternal uh, lead singer. You know. Um, I absolutely do, too. And one of the things I love about it is both uh, that woman who's the sort of maternal um, uh, uh, chanteuse of the nightclub and then also the woman who's the cop later. Um, I super enjoy that we get a nice close look at some women who are beautiful, but absolutely look their age. And they are not 20 years old and perfect and uh, pulled tight and glam hair and makeup. They are beautiful and seductive, but uh, they look like actual women. But they're not 22. They're not 22, and uh, that is a-okay. But still sexy and still sexual. Yeah, that scene with the cop later, the girl on eel action. Yeah, I love that. And, And even the, like, seductive dance off up to them going home together absolutely is just is just wonderful good stuff. and i love and and i love um oh my gosh what was this was it wasn't triton, triton. Was it was name. triton was it, yeah yeah was triton triton is wicked hot is, <laughs> y- yes <laughs> and and monstrous and yeah. punk and filthy yeah. And and literally, like, shows them, yes, Mm -hmm. and shows them their options. 
and doesn't step in and enforce anything. He's just like, oh, you the other and, people reject them still... for being monsters. He's suggesting that they should embrace their monstrosity. monstrosity. And Golden is the only one who does that. And of course, I am Team Golden all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And and even when like she started looking for her own roads just because she realized her sister was settling and making terrible choices. Terrible. But even when she did, she still stood by her and still tried to help her find her way back. She did. Um but oh, I just I'm I'm just so struck by just you know and um being that it's in like a burlesque strip club, you would have an expectation that even the people that worked there would be like if that were set in the US, um, the owner would be abusing them. There would be they would be used in other ways. Like it almost it felt very family, like everybody was very sexual and performative in their own ways, but it didn't seem abusive within the cabaret like it was just everything you could hope for in a sleazy early 80s-esque kind of sequined sexy cabaret yeah (laughs) i know oh my god their outfits were so beautiful well and another thing i like about their outfits because i'm always ready to talk about the clothes um is that they looked exactly appropriate for what they were. They were glamorous, but they were also cheap. They were quick, put together. Uh, uh, A lot of it was uh, a little more cobbled together. And uh, I think that that is um, precisely right. Uh, And uh, I also really enjoyed that when they have the uh, fun free-for-all shopping montage in the uh, beginning, um, how they're reacting to the idea of these clothes and wearing, they're really going for pants because that whole bifurcated thing is new. Pants, pants, pants. Uh, but <laughs> Silver is super ready to put on shoes. Golden is like, fuck that. No, I'm throwing these away. Um, I love yeah. how both of those actresses uh, moved with their legs uh, that seemed new um, and yeah. bendy in different ways. Um, it was really, really lovely. And where you get so angry at the one sister... Uh, running off with this man i know with silver running off with this man who very obviously you'll only ever be an animal to me you'll always just be a fish he he's pretty straight up he says those words everything yeah yeah but he is still he is just the epitome of that guy that guy that when you're stupid and young you're like but he's so hot I can justify so much because I'm making terrible choices right now. And she justifies <laughs> giving up her literal voice, giving up her fishy tail, having a brutal surgery. That surgery that, scene was, is monkers oh. horrifying. Uh, after he's already told her, you will only ever be a fish. And then when finally she's like, look, I got legs, I got a nice human pussy here, let's do it. Uh, And he's like, ew, you're bleeding. So, you know, this guy is just just a nightmare. And she turns into sea foam because of him. And it just is um, uh, so upsetting. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. And then in right and directly in front of her sister, just yeah. breaking her heart. Yeah. Like, I've never cheered so loudly um, to see someone's heart ripped out. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. When Golden uh, <laughs> like, yes. immediately upon seeing that goes and tears his throat out and jumps into the uh, sea. Yeah. Thank yeah, God. Yeah. Yeah. As it should be. As it should be. <laughs> right on his big wedding boat. <laughs> exactly. Although that did look like a good party. So on my list, of, it, it I have a really, really extensive did. list in my head of fictional parties I'd like to have been invited to. And uh, that is definitely on the list. On the list. Yeah. <laughs> but no, um, this is another one that I, I'm fairly certain I bought it right when it came out. So 2015, 2016. Yeah. And it has just been sitting there. And I'm so glad you finally watched it. Oh, now I'm going to be and now I'm going to be pushing it on everybody because yeah. it is it's just beautiful and and it's such a beautiful retelling of and in a wonderfully modern retelling of the little mermaid. Yeah. Um and and the reality of like not the the Disney version of that. So yeah, would that Ariel fantastic. had eaten the heart out of her uh boyfriend's Yeah. I mean, maybe I'd have liked that movie more. <laughs> <laughs> I've never actually seen it. <laughs> I, um, it was funny because I was already really, really, really into horror by the time that that Disney resurgence happened, the Aladdin through Little Mermaid through Beauty and the Beast. Um, I was already like, I was already just like, you know, Hellraiser, Nightbreed. Oh, Nightbreed. <laughs> so I actually didn't yeah. see them. I know. Mm. <laughs> but, um, when my daughter was really little, um, I had one of those little, little tiny TVs that had the little VCR in the yes. front. And I found at a little vintage store, um, I I used to call it the grandma thrift store because it's like, and it's this is a mean thing to say, but as grandmas passed away, they would just take all of their things to this thrift store. And I found like three grandmas worth of um, the entire Disney Pantheon. And it was like three for like two bucks or something. So I brought home all of the Disney movies. So I'm like, oh, it's a kid and like Disney. And so I actually got to see all of them with her, um, which that's um, kind of galling to see them all through adult eyes. Um, that, I would imagine, yeah. It was, they were like, huh, that'll be conversations we can have later. <laughs> teaching moments, right? Exactly, teaching moment after teaching moment. So... <laughs> But anyhow, well, thank you so much Jennifer, for joining I me tonight. I cannot thank you enough for allowing me to intrude into your world um, out of nowhere. You're not intruding. There is a little. There's a little spot. There's a little taffy spot in my life now oh, that excellent. I am so happy you existed. Oh, I am deeply, <laughs> deeply honored, and thank you for allowing me to defend um, a homicidal creep. Uh, I appreciate uh, uh, it. <laughs> oh, somebody's got to love them. I do. That'll be me. <laughs> All right. You have a great evening. Cheers, my dear. Uh, oh, cheers. <laughs> yeah, I'm <my> not gone. <laughs> you broke it. You're going to have to pull um, that back up. I will. All right. You have a great night. And to the listeners, see you in two weeks. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at DRTL Podcast, on Tumblr, or at facebook.com slash don't read the Latin. 
please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. Ha 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 ha